Good morning. You've heard from Tim already about next Sunday, our Love Does Day. I, too, want to encourage you to participate in that day, and I encourage you to be praying about that day all week long. Uh, If you would remember to pray every day for next Sunday, that God would be in the driver's seat of that particular day in our church life. And uh, just ask His blessing upon this day, and that we could be a blessing to others as we reach out to them. I would like for us, just for a moment, uh, before we start the message time today, to pray and ask God to bless next Sunday. And I'm going to ask you, and maybe this would be uncomfortable for some of you, uh, and if it is, don't feel like you have to do this. But I'm going to ask you, if you would be comfortable, maybe to turn to four or five people next to you and just have a little prayer circle, a little prayer time about next Sunday. And somebody in that circle, take the lead and voice a prayer for next Sunday. Just that little circle, okay? And so we're going to have multiple prayers, audible prayers going on at the same time. And God will hear every one of them. Now, if you are one that is totally uncomfortable with that, you just bow your head right where you're at, and you pray to God about next Sunday, uh, asking his blessing. But some of you, would you please uh, turn to those around you and pray with them, please. Thank you for taking that time to pray to God. And each day this week, let's remember to pray about that. It was fun to me this morning uh, prior to the service just to hear from different people of the opportunities that they have been given this last week to show love to people. Uh, One person uh, passed uh, another person who had a flat tire. And they stopped to help change that flat tire. And it turned out that person's jack uh, was broke and wasn't working. And so this person drove home, got a jack, drove back, helped change that flat tire. Another person washed their neighbor's car. (laughs) Wasn't that neat? Uh, 
any of you want to wash my car, that would be fine. I would, I would love that. Uh, there, were, there were just several stories. Yesterday, there were four of us, I think, uh, at New Grill, uh, eating breakfast, and we had with us a young man who we had brought in for the weekend that we were interviewing for the youth ministry position here. And uh, we're eating breakfast, and come time to uh, pay for the bill, uh, the the person who I was to be paying said, "Oh, your your bill has been taken care of. It's it's been paid for." And uh, that was one of our members who had seen us there and was showing love to us. It's fun to show love to our neighbor. And I encourage you to be having your eyes open and your ears open for opportunities that you can show love to your neighbor. We love because he first loved us. And we love because he lives in us. A couple of weeks ago in our small group on Sunday night, we were talking about the fact that He is in us. He is with us. He never leaves us. He lives inside of us through His Holy Spirit. And because of that, His love ought to be overflowing from us. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It only makes sense. If God is love, and God is in us, then we should be loving others with His kind of love. It's the same premise that is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where it says, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. So if that is true, if the Spirit of God is living inside of us, and the Spirit has that fruit of love, then that fruit of love should be flowing out of us. Does that mean that we're going to be perfect in our love? Certainly not. But we should be growing in our love. And as we grow in Him, then our ability to love others grows. We become better at loving others. Our love actually should become a resemblance to His love. I was cracking up a couple of Sundays ago as we were at the nursing home. Doug Niemeyer was was sharing a devotional there that particular morning. He was talking about how the night before, Saturday night before, late, somebody had walked right into his garage and stole his brand new bicycle. And Doug was sharing with the group that for a number of years he has been riding a bicycle and he had been his bicycle had been a pretty cheap, low-end bicycle and he had just gone out recently and had spent several more dollars and got himself a a really nice bicycle and he had been enjoying this new ride and then somebody has the audacity that night before to walk right into his garage and steal that brand new bicycle and so with that in mind Doug was reading to the group some of Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount, how we are to forgive those who offend us. And we are to turn the other cheek when somebody hits us. And this older lady who is a resident in the nursing home 
made a noise when he said that. She chuckled, and I was, I was right there beside her, and it got my attention, and she was... She was, she was following what Doug was saying. Doug went on to say that we need to go the extra mile with people. And when he said that, she said, no, I can't do that. You know, when you, when you talk with somebody at the nursing home, Sometimes you wonder if they're listening. This woman was right with Doug in every word that she said. And, and when he said that we need to go the extra mile with people, when we need to turn the other cheek towards people, what she was really saying was, oh, that is so hard to do. And it is. Loving the unlovable is hard work. Loving with the fruit of the Spirit, it really does take the Spirit, doesn't it? Because if we have to deny the flesh to have that kind of love coming forth from us. The flesh is so persistent. It's so natural for us to respond according to the flesh. But what the Spirit would like to have happen in us, He would like to lead us away from the flesh, and He would like to help us become more spiritual. He wants to help us become like Jesus. Just a few minutes ago, I read to you from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Let me read verse 4 to you from that same chapter. It says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit can help us love the way Jesus loved. I've mentioned to you in weeks past here, as we've begun this series, that I wanted to take a story each week from the Scripture, from the Gospels, and show you how Jesus loved. Today's story is actually found in all four Gospels. Now, you may or may not realize this, there are not many stories that you can find in all four of the Gospels. Take, for instance... The story of Jesus' birth is not found in all four Gospels. I've always found that to be intriguing. Only Luke's Gospel has for us the details of Jesus' birth. And then Matthew jumps in with the story about the wise men who came later. The, the baptism of Jesus, the details of that baptism are not in all four of the Gospels. The calling of the twelve disciples are not in all four of the Gospels, nor is His walking on the water. But today's story, what we're looking at, is found in all four Gospels. Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John chapter 6. Maybe some of you know where I'm going. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I want to read to you from John's account, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. 
a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. So in reality, what we have happening here is a lot of people simply wanted to see what Jesus was going to do next. He has, he has, he has performed a number of miracles just prior to this. He had healed two blind men in, in Capernaum. He had cast out a demon. He had raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He healed the woman who had the issue of blood. Jesus has done some really amazing things just prior to this. His power is unparalleled and people are talking about Him. They are getting a sense that, that what He is doing is just out of this world and they are following Him wanting to see what He is going to do next. You can imagine there was a buzz about Jesus. Verse 3 of John chapter 6. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes, and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? Interesting. Jesus was thinking about their needs knowing that these people surely are getting hungry. Have you ever seen a crowd that wasn't prone to eat? A number of us just last evening were at a wedding reception, and I think we, all of it, we were ready to eat. When they said the food is on and you can get in line, people got up, they were ready to go. They were ready to eat. A few weeks ago, my son and I, Jonathan, uh, we went to a ball game in St. Louis, and we were there in, in the left field bleachers, right down on the field. And, uh, and it wasn't long into the game before this person walked the row in front of us with this huge plate of nachos on that plate. And I mean, it was so much more than just the cheese and chips. It was loaded with with hamburger, it was loaded with, with olives and sour cream and jalapenos and onions and tomatoes. You name it, it was on that plate and it really looked good. And this person walked right in front of us on down the aisle and they sat down and I noticed four or five people, I mean everyone there around us, they were, they were watching that plate. We were totally oblivious to the game at that point because everybody's eyes was on that plate of nachos and chips. It looked that good. And over the next couple of innings, I noticed four or five people had gotten up out of their seat and they came back with a plate of nachos. And one of them was my own son sitting next to me. He didn't offer me even one bite. People are prone to eat. It was, it was interesting. Somebody, as, as that person had gone down the, the row, as they sat down, they, they hollered out in front of everybody, Hey, how much did you have to pay for that? Seventeen bucks is what the person said. Which, by the way, that was twice the price I paid for the seat I was in. But all of those people 
were willing to pay that kind of price because that looked good. I mean, people are prone to eat. And this crowd in John chapter 6 was getting hungry. Mark's account, if you read it, says that these people actually had been with Jesus all through the day. They had been listening to Him teach. It was towards evening time. And Jesus and His disciples, I'm sure they were hungry too. He was realizing these people are hungry. And so He says to Philip, where can we buy bread for all of these people? Verses 6 and 7. This He was saying to test Him. To test Philip. For he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. Now remember, a denarii was a day's wage. And so Philip was saying, Lord, 200 days wages will buy enough bread that everyone here, if they if they had a chance, they'd just get one bite. I was reading this passage this morning from the New International Version, and it said eight months' worth of wages would only buy enough for each person to get a bite. Verses 8 and 9. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? It seems that Andrew has walked the crowd. He's been looking to see what food he could find. He comes back with a small boy's lunch. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, He distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. That last phrase in verse 11, very important. The crowd didn't just get a pinch of bread. In fact, everyone got as much as they wanted to the point that they were fully satisfied. The bread and the fish too that had been prepared by some mother for her son for that day, she had prepared him a sack lunch for him to have that Lunch, Jesus took it and He multiplied it to feed 5,000 men, not to mention the women and the children that were there as well. We may be talking ten to 15,000 people and the Scripture says that they all had as much as they wanted. Mark said that they were fully satisfied. Verses 12 and 13, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. You talk about an amazing miracle. Not only did everyone get filled up to the brim, there were 12 baskets of bread left over. 
verse 14. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Wow. The reason for me highlighting this story to you today is simply to remind you how Jesus loved. He saw people who were hungry and he fed them. He didn't just say, be warm and be filled. Rather, He gave them something to eat. And it's a reminder to each and every one of us that love does. Love responds to people's needs. Love is active. It is not passive. Love has eyes that are open and ears that are open and it shows that one cares. It's more than just talk. It's love in action. Where my mom lives there in Joplin put her right in the middle of a very hot spot a couple of weeks ago. It was about 10 o'clock in the evening and I received a text from my daughter Abby. And in that text, it was the weirdest text upon looking at it because it was, it was a mug shot. Of, of some pretty rough-looking dude. And I had no idea what this was, but there was a, a blurb underneath this picture, and it turned out that it was a news bulletin from the Joplin Police Department that this guy was a suspected murderer, and he was on the loose, and the Joplin police were chasing after him, and the last place that he had been seen was in a wooded area uh, east of 7th Street and south of Duquesne Street. And I looked at that and I thought, oh my goodness, that is right exactly where my mom lives. East of 7th Street and south of Duquesne Street. And it said that the police were chasing him and it was telling people that they needed to stay inside and lock their doors and not answer their door if somebody came to it. And I, I wasn't quite sure what I should do with that. I felt like I, I should call my mom and, and, and tell her, but I, I kind of hesitated. Will this just absolutely scare her to death? But I felt like she needed to know what was going on, and so I got on the phone to her and come to find out she had already had multiple phone calls come her way from people who were showing care to her, people who were reaching out to her, people who were offering to come and be with her or to take her to their place until this matter was settled. It was interesting. A friend of our family is the game warden in Jasper County, Missouri, which is where Joplin is at. And his name is Adam, Adam Bracken. And he had called my mom and was telling her to, you know, what was up and to make sure that her doors were locked, that she didn't go outside, and that she would not answer her door if someone knocked on it or rang the doorbell. And as he was on the phone to her, her doorbell rang. <laughs> and it absolutely scared her to death. She just, 
she didn't quite know what to do. And so she, she's talking to Adam, and she says, Now, stay on the phone. And she goes, and she peeks out her window to see who's at her door, and it's actually her neighbor from across the street who's coming over to warn her about what was going on. Love does. Love reaches out to show care to people. It responds to people's needs. It looks out for the other person. Love lays aside our own interest and is interested in others. Bob Golf, in his book, says it this way, Love is a do thing. It's an energy that has, that has to be dissipated. And some of you already have, have told me about how God brought people into your pathway this week that you were able to show love to. I want to encourage you to have your eyes open and your ears open and your antennas up all week long because God is going to send people into your pathway that you can show love to. I said this two weeks ago, and then... As the week went along, I was trying to see, I was trying to hear and be alert as to who God might be sending my way to show love to that week. And I was at the Chamber Coffee a couple of Thursdays ago, and that morning I said hi to an older lady who was there, and she began to talk to me, and she told me that she had actually walked to the chamber from her house, and she was going to go shopping afterwards at Dollar General. And that particular morning was a cold morning. And as soon as she said that to me, I knew... I knew that God wanted me to help this lady to take her to Dollar General. And so before the morning was over, before I got away from that place, I grabbed her and I said, hey, I'll give you a ride to Dollar General if you want me to. And boy, she was all for it. And she was thankful. You see, when you pray, that God will send people your way to show love to, He will answer that prayer. He will put people in your pathway that you can show love to. You can better believe that He will be faithful in doing His part. We need to be faithful in doing our part in showing love to people. Let me read to you some other verses on love. Romans 13 verse 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Romans 13.10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That's what this whole series is about. We want to encourage you. In fact, we want to stimulate you to love your neighbor. That needs to be happening at home. It needs to be happening across the street. It needs to be happening at school, in your neighborhood. Hebrews 13.1 says, Let love of the brethren continue.
Will you determine to show love to your neighbor? We had something happen recently that I was told about. It was somewhat funny, but it was also somewhat embarrassing. Our ladies here in the church do a wonderful job of keeping food in the freezer for when someone gets sick. And many of you are a part of that ministry. You, you make meals and you bring them to the church that can be frozen and put, put there for when they are needed. And it is such a blessing that when someone is sick or someone is in a crisis situation that, that we can go to the, the freezer in the kitchen and grab several meals and take to that person who is in a crisis situation and it greatly encourages them. And maybe you've noticed in the bulletin over the last few weeks, it said that, that our freezer amount of food actually is getting low. So I encourage you to be aware of that. This is an opportunity for you to show love to someone down the road. You may not even know who it is that you're going to show love to, but you can cook a meal and bring it to Marcy, and it will be put in the freezer, and it will be used to encourage someone down the road. Well, we had a lady who responded to this plea. She prepared some food for our freezer, and then wouldn't you know it, her family found themselves right in the middle of a crisis. And so we wanted to help them. We wanted to respond to them in love. And so we grabbed some food from the church freezer, and we took it to them. And when she opened it, It was the food that she had prepared. (laughs) And her husband was looking at it and he says, well, at least we know it'll be good. (laughs) I have to admit to you, when we heard that happen, it was embarrassing. And we need to try and figure a way to keep that from happening in the future. But as I was reflecting on that, it dawned on me, that when we share love with someone else, that love's going to come back to us. In this case, it did come back literally to this person. Love does. And when we give to someone else, when we give love to them, that the blessing will always come back to us. It's the law of sowing sowing and reaping. Galatians 6-7 says, For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. 2 Corinthians 9-6 says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. If you sow love to someone, love is going to come back to you. It's God's law of sowing and reaping. Do we love for that reason? So that that it will come back to us? No. We love because He first loved us. We love because He lives in us. And He is love. Therefore, love flows from us. And I, I witnessed this with my mom when my dad died more than a year ago. 
one of my mom's ministries through the years. And I remember this when I was, was just a little kid in the home. I remember time and time and time again my mom making meals for somebody in the church who was sick and taking it to them. Or maybe they were in a crisis. Maybe a loved one had been lost. And, and so she would make a meal and she would take it to these, these people. And she has, she has done that all my life. And even into, I mean, she did that when she was working 40 hours a week, a job there in the St. Louis area. She would do that still. And as she got older, into her 70s and even into her 80s, she still does that for people. And so when my dad died, a year ago July, and our family gathered there in their home, My, oh my, oh my. It was like people were standing in line wanting to bring food to her and to her loved ones. It was their opportunity to give back. And, and I, it dawned on me, this is the law of sowing and reaping. You sow love. It comes back to you. To a point that we had to put word out through the church there in Joplin. Please, we we cannot handle any more food. The freezer is overflowing. Thank you for your love. Love does. Would you let those words sink in? Love does. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for your great, great love. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to show love to other people. Help us. Help us this week to have eyes that are open and a willing heart In Jesus' name, amen.